0: This is our Adjusting With mini-series where we're chatting to some of our past guests to hear updates on how their businesses are going and highlight any new initiatives that they might be working on at the moment. They'll be talking us through how they're adapting to challenges and generally keeping going during this time.
1: If you want to find out more about these guests that we're chatting to, and we definitely recommend you do that, you can scroll back through our archive and find whole episodes with these guests. You can learn about their businesses and what they're about. We really hope you enjoy these mini episodes and that you find some kind of comfort or inspiration in what they have to say. How's it going? Like how have the last few weeks been?
2: Yeah, really, like really challenging. I was thinking kind of earlier this afternoon, kind of what really, what kind of pointers or what have been like the biggest takeaways to kind of really like discuss with you guys, really. Um, But yeah, I I suppose, I don't know if you guys found, but it happened so quickly. It was all, it all kind of happened really quickly. And as a business owner, you've just got to be so reactive, which I think we, I definitely am at Social Pantry and we can kind of diversify quite quickly. But it was just, it was so many so many unknowns and then every day there was kind of another level of complexity or another level of difficulty and i suppose for social pantry because we've got the events and then also the sites as well it's you know the events just fell off a cliff like it was mad like suddenly kind of april just the bottom fell out of it like that's when i started to take it a bit seriously and i was a bit like Shit, okay this is gonna really do some damage and then you know once we kind of assessed that and reacted it was then the sites that were being made to close so I suppose that's then, you know, the next thing, um, which was really challenging. So it was kind of working out what to do with, you know, all the staff that I employ who are so brilliant and fantastic and how to kind of, you know, ultimately, you know, make the most of all the government funding and, keep, keep, you know, stay afloat and keep going. So it was definitely challenging. But, yeah, I think it all happened so quickly. And now we're looking at kind of a really, really slow getting back to normal, which I think it's just much slower than I initially thought it would be I don't know if you guys kind of think that
1: absolutely I think it's the same for everyone just that first kind of week where some places have decided to close regardless Mm -hmm. and then the end of the week we had that full closure and you know it was a we'll review this in three weeks kind of thing and I thought yeah cool three weeks that's fine yeah and then, you know, as the days go on you realise that it's it's gonna be longer than that and things are gonna change. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I've got a few kind of business mentors who are brilliant and I kind of spoke to them earlier this week and I said, listen, I've I've got a feeling like the, these events aren't gonna come, you know, these these events aren't going to come back round for an easy 12 months. And they, all three of them were just like, yeah, no, like no corporates will be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Um, That's on the event side. It's slightly different for the sites, but these corporates won't be entertaining. And I think as people until there's a vaccine, people will be so anxious and the perception around big gatherings or, you know, everyone being in the same place. So weddings or big conferences or, you know, big kind of corporate, you know, events, like none of that will really happen in the next 12 months, which a certain percentage of my business is is definitely, um, definitely really costly, to be honest. So it's just working out how we how we move forward. But um, yeah, I mean, but the hospitality industry is so amazing. And I think seeing all the charity stuff at the moment and the hospitality here, you know, feed the NHS and all these initiatives, it does also as much as there's so much doom and gloom, like it does make you realise that there are so many brilliant people within the industry People that are willing to go above and beyond—from suppliers, delivery drivers, chefs—you know, logistics people—it is incredible, kind of what can be pulled together, and you know how how we can feed the NHS and how we can all help, you know. And I feel like that all popped up really quickly, which was so, which was so great, um, and really impressive, actually. Yeah
0: yeah and like how dynamic everyone was you're right yeah. it was just it felt like overnight when everyone there was a moment where it felt like everyone realized the seriousness and what was mm. actually going to happen yeah and there almost wasn't a pause it was then like okay what can we do and and what's been so heartwarming to see is how much of it's just around how people can help their community yeah and you know, within that, that helps businesses stay afloat, which is fantastic. But it's, it's been so community driven, which is, um, yeah, yeah, lovely to to see. So yeah. you started quite quickly doing your grocery deliveries, yeah, didn't you? Yeah.
2: So we we actually stopped it. So today is our last day. um so We've done it, I think, for about five weeks, and it's been great. It's been really good, really positive. I think it's been really positive because um, some of the people we were feeding were so in need of it that I think, you know, oh God, there were some tragic, tragic cases, you know there were some tragic reasons why we were feeding some people um other people were nhs other people just live local and didn't want to go out and we did a mixture of veg boxes and then like a baking box we kind of collaborated with the Rav. um, did a baking box which was quite fun so we kind of had some fun with it we delivered easter which was lovely collaborated with with romeo and jules who are a great kind of printing company and they did a menu um and then we we basically delivered um kind of meals ready like meals that are ready cooked basically so that was our kind of take on it so lots of um caterers were kind of doing veg boxes and flour and you know bread and milk and dairy but ours was kind of ready cooked meals which i think went down really well actually and and we had quite a core quite quickly we had quite a core group of kind of customers that would place the same order every week so it was fantastic but i just couldn't get the numbers to break even um and so we ran it at a loss for five weeks. And I think if we, it's really difficult because we either then had to inject a bit more money to kind of really get it, really get it going. Or we said, okay, let, let's actually, there was just five of my team running it. And so I said, actually, do you know what? Let's furlough you guys. Let's just hibernate, get get our sales plans and, you know, get ready to mobilize for the, for the comeback ultimately. So it's quite a tough decision to make. So I did want to carry it on because it was so brilliant, but It's now everything. So, you know, decisions. You've got to be so financially astute, really, that if it's not breaking even, you can't carry on doing it.
1: Yeah, you're thinking about the safety of your employees' jobs and and making sure that they're going to be there when things when when we're able to go back and we're able to book events with you and able to come and dine. Yeah. Kitchen.
2: Yeah, I hope that because the support for like the deliveries was amazing. And I'm hoping that that kind of real British kind of um, camaraderie will carry through to the sites when when they open. You know, there are so many incredible London restaurants who are going to be, having really difficult times and I hope that people actually do eat local and embrace local and you know it might I mean yeah sites wise I hope that kind of they do get that footfall and that people do kind of you know embrace it but also I think that it probably people now having their veg delivered their milk delivered their meat fish have I think it might have changed the face of you know weekly shopping and hopefully suppliers you know can go direct to the customers. direct to the consumer um as well so i'm hoping that that might all revolutionize how we shop and eat and cutting out you know the tescos and this you know that as much as i love them um yeah Yeah. good no i think
0: you're right because people will hopefully remember you know because the high streets really struggled in recent years and it's had a real resurgence because people you know like my mom's in London and she doesn't want to go to a big supermarket because it's just a bit riskier and it's you know and well, but you know everyone really everyone's kind of you know going to the butcher the fishmonger utilizing these small kind of dedicated shops and delis and I think that you know there's an emotional attachment now that will carry through and people will want to support those same those same shops and and suppliers and, you know, the odd box, you know, veg delivery yeah. boxes and things. Absolutely. I think that's,
2: yeah. it, I Absolutely. think you're right. It's really exciting about placing your order directly with the butcher or the cheese man or fishmonger and it arriving at your door. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. yes. They, I was, you know, chatting to George, my boyfriend, and I was like, "Gosh, let's kind of get organised and let's try and shop like this." I, you know, I appreciate that it takes a bit more time and energy to kind of shop from diff, different, you know, your different suppliers. But once you're kind of set up with them and potentially a standing order, or you know, you know, you know, that it'd be great to kind of phone your butcher on a Thursday and be like, "Right, what, what can I barbecue this weekend?" And that actually, there it is on your doorstep the next day. I mean, that's how we kind of operate as a catering company. So it'd be great for. The general public to have that and i'm hoping that the uh, there can't actually be that much price difference either with the supermarket spinner but hopefully that price difference is worth it because of that connection and the personal side and it being delivered to you but um yeah hopefully suppliers will kind of you know in the long term will win out of this hopefully yeah i hope
1: so, yeah,
0: I hope so. and buying what you need you know because every time you go to the supermarket you're kind of somehow tricked into buying 10 yes. things you don't
2: need oh, and no, you're no, right if you a bit of
0: time to- planet
2: yeah
0: it probably won't be that different financially for, for kind of individuals um, yeah,
2: yeah so that's yeah. an
1: interesting point you're not buying any extra unnecessary items
2: that yeah. yeah I think about week two I was like right if we don't have biscuits and chocolate in the house I won't eat any but I was so grumpy <laughs> I literally was like fucking hell like yeah I still like uh, and even yesterday when I went to Sainsbury's quickly I was like no no don't buy any and then just now I was like like, well oh, why did I not but um yeah I think if you haven't got it yeah. then you don't, you, yeah you yeah you're less tempted so yeah the, there's less temptation but when you go to a supermarket, market there's so many upselling and you know that consumerism is really there it, you know you're so tempted by everything so you never know it might be it might be healthier
1: how much have you been able to take advantage of some of these government schemes so whether it's rates and furloughing
2: yeah yeah, so the government have been amazing. I think there's still a little bit of um, petitioning and campaigning for the rents to be looked at, um, but I, you know, that I suppose that's a, a different story because there's, you know, all sorts of private landlords. So you know, there's such a knock-on effect. Um, the furlough has been fantastic. So furlough means that we can literally just put everything on hold, and that you know, the all of my payroll is or as much as can be is covered by the government so that across the industry will be making you know huge amounts of um a huge difference really otherwise numerous 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 you know businesses just wouldn't be able to make payroll so so the furlough has been really fantastic and the fact that they've extended it due makes it brilliant like makes it even better um, the grants have been great we've managed to kind of get one but we have there's now I don't think they're allocating them for catering units so I'm not totally clued up on it. I need to kind of phone up on Monday and just follow up. But I think if you've got a cafe or restaurant, it's it's very easy. Depending on your rateable value, to pull a grant down, it's been super simple. Like the application was simple. It was really easy, and then the money arrived on Friday, uh, yesterday, Thursday. um But I think if for these caterers as such, if they're not allocating them for because of the units, because it's a unit, I don't think it's classes or hospitality interesting then that's maybe a barrier which wasn't expected so it's so a little bit trickier but in terms of um furloughing and um yeah pulling the grant down and the business rates they've made it so simple like and also in terms of loans and depending what who you're banking with there really is a lot of support so it's support as in like for the application process like at no point was it difficult to get this grant And I just feel that's really important. Um, And at no point has it been difficult to kind of submit the furlough information. It's been really, um, really simple and really straightforward. And I think that is so important because there's so many different types of businesses. I've, you know, mine's very established and it's got a lot of structure, but there'll be a lot of people that are, you know, that, you know, that potentially won't be as, you know, won't be as, won't be able to do it simply as easily. And actually they have made it so simple, which is great. Yeah, I'm really pleased to hear that. Yeah, the, the, the problem really, which which is where the businesses that haven't got any, the hospitality businesses that haven't got any cash in the bank, which so many of them won't, because you know the hospitality industry, you, you can live hand to mouth as such, you know, it totally, it, it, you know, and um, but the the problem will come is when when the furlough stops and if they're not allowing restaurants or cafes to open at full capacity, you've still got your full, you know, costs, but you haven't got your full revenue coming in. And it's that slow, steady, you know, rise in revenue coming in. That will take a while to come back and people to get confidence and, you know, the, you know, the perception around being in a space and being in a public space, all of that will take time to build, but you immediately have all of your costs plus the deficit that you're carrying over from, from the early, in the early year. Which is really difficult, and I think also it's come at a really difficult time for the hospitality industry because if it had come after if it hits in January you've kind of got your November December where you you know you're really going some, whereas actually, if you've had a, a quiet January February, if those months have been really lean you, so many companies they're running on empty already, so then to have March and April fall away and the rest of it is is so difficult, so there definitely is more more work to be done and yeah there needs to be a lot of local support for local sites but the, in terms of um, the government like rent relief will be a huge a huge huge asset if they can get that
0: yeah. yeah that would definitely make a big difference no it's just it's so tricky isn't it because you just can't predict you know consumer behavior how that's going to change and how even when they start to open places how people are going to feel about as you say, being yeah. in groups, being in spaces. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I just, they're just, it's so difficult to, to have a solution to that, really. When Because yeah. uh, as you say, your costs are your costs. And, yeah. you know, that's that's not something you can control.
2: Um, yeah.
0: So, is, I think well,
2: I yeah. the same, there was an article or oh, a, a survey done, and it was the same with kind of public gyms and hairdressers and, you know, Yeah, kind of anywhere that you will go, you know, kind of how nervous will people be? And actually around restaurants and bars and cafes, there was a certain amount of kind of nervousness. Um, And which is to be expected as well, I, I think, you know, I think everyone will be slightly more cautious. So I don't know if there will be this really big boom you know, afterwards, I, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Oh, actually, one of my mentors was like, you know, it doesn't matter how much hospitality experience you've got or running business experience, like we're all on the same level now. So if you've been doing it for six months or six years or 60 years, like all of us are guessing just as much as each other. So it's totally fair game. <laughs> like we're all in the same position. Um, we're all facing the same problems. And no one quite knows what's going to happen. No one's done this before. No one's had this experience. So it is yeah I, I mean yeah it's yeah. It, it's definitely challenging for sure
1: yeah how are you kind of managing day to day are you are you kind of on maternity leave anyway <laughs> what's your
2: I was trying to be I was of,
1: <laughs> as much as you actually can know, it's
2: so boring isn't it I I had I had like secretly I had got to the point where I was like oh god I really want to go back to work like <laughs> much as I love my baby like yeah the kind of nappy chat and like naps and like
1: no na- not you <laughs>
2: I definitely like I'm I feel like I'm a bit of a fair weather like pair and I just want to dip in and out when it's easy um so yeah I was kind of embraced I was excited actually about going back because I was going to go back part-time in April and I was really excited about having a really good work-life balance and I was like oh, you know when I'm at the office I'll be work mode and then when I'm home I won't be on my emails or phone I'll just have that real clear defined kind of um you know family time and work time but that's now just completely merged um but yeah me and my boyfriend we kind of do half-half so like yeah we'll we'll kind of do half a day and yeah switch around because obviously there's no real childcare support so and then top up at weekends when needed but it's definitely difficult going from like baby brain to like really intense decisions and um yeah trying to look ahead and get your head around corona like that's it's yeah that's been quite challenging but still winging it
0: yeah (laughs) yeah two completely different mindsets
2: for you yeah yeah, yeah yeah. And
0: how are you finding it kind of I guess a lot of your role at the moment might be kind of supporting your your staff and how how are you finding it with sort of communicating with everyone?
2: Yeah what's it's, kind of yeah, going on. Yeah, it's really difficult. I was really I was really I was really strict at the at the beginning that we have to keep in touch with everybody. And um, obviously employing ex-offenders, you know, the and also just the mental health of everybody I was really aware of that from the beginning. So I, you know how at school where you had like a snow chart, like if if like the person that lived furthest away got called first, if it was snowing and then you like phoned on in and like, so we've kind of done that really. So I've got key people in the business, some quite junior, some quite senior who have to phone have a number of people that they can kind of phone and just have a chat with. Um, and then the emphasis on the managers and the line managers to check in. And then we've been doing everything from quizzes we've had a couple of yoga sessions. We had a mindfulness session and it's really interesting to see kind of, you know, yoga. There was, I think 10 of us on Tuesday morning, which is really nice. And it's a range of people throughout the business. Um, the mindfulness session, I think four or five people kind of took that up. Some people have just spending time with their family and they're totally off radar and that's totally fine. We kind of check in, but it's the people that are living by themselves that are new to London that, are. Fresh out of prison, you know, these guys, I kind of, uh, I'm really aware that they might need some support. So sometimes it's just a little phone chat, you know, how you doing, little chat, catch up, um, and just keeping in touch. Um, And then I've got a WhatsApp group with them, with my investors and my ex fenders on. Never (laughs) like, oh God, I like the texts will come through like inappropriate videos and I'm like, oh no. (laughs) Sense of humour is like a really different. Um <laughs> but luckily my vessels have got quite a sense of humour and have probably quite enjoying it. But I am like, oh no, what's that person said now? So yeah. the um, lesson learned on that one. So I said to one of my vessels, I said, like, Do you want to be on it? You can always just leave. Or like, don't tell I I felt like I needed to ask. You said like, yeah, right. And then as these kind of names kept popping up and, you know, yeah, Oi Bruv, and they're having these conversations, I was thinking, oh shit. Um yeah but no it's been good but yeah we did a wellness session actually I think it was last week and we might do another one because so I think that's just important
1: and
2: yeah
1: I really liked your blog post you spoke to a few of your employees who are ex-offenders about yeah. obviously they're well versed in lockdown yes and dealing yeah. with that mentally I know, like oh
2: because we I really think of them I um last Thursday I went out for a walk with rocks and we just I went out and I, I realized I hadn't been at, out for a week which was crazy I mean I'm really lucky so I've got a bit of outside space so I actually hadn't left the house So first year, I was like putting shoes on I was like oh this is weird and then I went out and I was a bit anxious and I and it's really slow moving at the moment so I, I, I did really reflect on like these ex-offenders who are coming out after a few years to a really fast-paced London world you know I remember years ago when I employed this one guy and he didn't even know what contactless was like getting on a bus. He was like, well, I had my, they wouldn't let me on the bus cause I had my money. And I was thinking, God, how long ago did you, you know, pay on the bus with money? Like that's years and years ago. So if you imagine coming out after such a long time and it being really fast paced, it would just be totally terrifying. It, it reminded me of why we are so supportive of them on release in prison and why they need that as well. I would completely need it coming out of prison. Um, so we were chatting to them about kind of their top tips. Um, and Kyle, I was, Kyle did numerous stints actually, I think totally in kind of six years. Um, and I said to him, I was like, Kyle, anything else you want to add? He like, oh yeah, I did, Um, yeah, I did a lot of staring at the wall. I was like, oh, okay, I I, I won't put that in. Um, <laughs> But I just thought, oh God, how bleak. Like, that's so sad, isn't it? <laughs> paint dry basically yeah literally we don't don't encourage people to do that but yeah I mean and in you know for us lockdown is you know in the confines of a studio flat if not bigger um you know I suppose the smallest is a studio flat so you know and they're in a tiny cell with somebody they don't know I mean obviously it's a punishment you know and that's been decided and we're nothing to do with kind of deciding what punishment but so you know that that's the reason why they're in prison but I you know I can imagine that that's a tough environment to kind of come to terms with yeah
0: yeah absolutely and you know it does punishment or not you know it's people still have their health and you know you still have to think about people's mental health and it does definitely does make you think you know you can't just you can't just punish someone and then forget about them and yeah you know I think and you know it's it's great that there's a greater awareness now of that but you know if someone was in prison and they physically got hurt they'd be taken you know to the infirmary whereas actually what about what's going on in their minds yeah. when they're just having to be stuck
2: there yeah 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 and it's it's really good that there is such an awareness of mental health at the moment I'm really you know pleased that there is and you know it, and it's across the board it doesn't matter who Yeah, kind of who who it is, I suppose, within my company. Like, people really enjoy the wellness sessions for their own reasons. And actually, it's just so important that we all kind of stay healthy mentally. So I think it's quite good to talk about it and openly. And what's so great about the ex offenders is they're really happy to chat about it. You know, and that's... I'm quite proud of them for that. Like, it's, you know, it's an amazing thing to be able to kind of say what their struggles were in their prison or what they miss most. Or, you know, and you just think, God, well done. Like, I think, yeah, we've just... Internally, we've just got quite a lot... not that we didn't before, but we've now got more respect for kind of the journey that they've come on and mm-hmm. how amazing that they're so positive on 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 the, you know coming out of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have either of you listened to um there's do you know John McAvoy who um there's a podcast episode with Rank and which is um mm-hmm. interviewing him and he he spent he basically got two life sentences and spent a lot of time in prison and then basically became this like Olympic champion rower and he's been interviewed twice now on this podcast and they just did a follow-up where he was kind of talking about how he managed to use that time to actually kind of better himself and he's kind of saying you know essentially everyone's being put on pause and you know there is an opportunity to kind of take this pause and think about you know what you were happy with and what you weren't happy with in your life and what you can do to kind of change that or
2: yes so true so true and it's such a yeah so I mean we're also looking at the real positives of it but there's so much good really I mean us slowing down it's just no bad thing I don't think us kind of taking stock and slowing down and kind of remembering what's important and remembering how valuable life is and you know what is important at the, at the end of the day and, and it's so important and as they say I remember an ex-offender saying he was always preparing for his exit from prison and he kind of was pretty mentally strong he ended up getting a record deal behind bars actually which he then turned down um I mean, what, you, what? <laughs> I mean, she's like, if I sing in a cell it's all gave me a record deal I'd take that with both hands anyway so um but he was always preparing oh, I can't remember he had like some saying about yeah staying to prepare and preparing to stay I can't remember what it was but it was it was really important and I think yeah we can kind of use the time wisely yeah
0: yeah um cool is there anything anything sort of particularly you'd like to talk about
2: no who did you say the podcast was John McAvoy
0: uh McAvoy Yeah. do you know it's rang Dr. Rangan Chatterjee um do you know what his podcast called Beth?
1: Yeah,
0: is it live better, feel it's more? Something, or something? something like that. Let me see if I can find it.
2: Amazing. I can find um, that.
0: And basically, he. Do you know what? I'll, um, I'll, I'll email you a link, Alex. I'll find oh, it God. afterwards. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. I'll have I'll
1: a look. look at that it's
0: that a really, as well. Yeah, it's such a good one. The, oh, I mean, yes. the first episode is um i think it was on new year's day or something they released it but i listened to it on a car journey it's about two and a half hours long and he tells this whole story of his life and what it was and how he came to be in prison and you know it was very circumstantial and you kind of look at it and you think god two and a half hours but actually like it just yeah just goes in a second it's such an engaging yeah. story
2: yeah school. oh that's so good hopefully i'm, I'm loving like stuff like um there's so much it's so topical at the moment like all the ex-offender stuff and I just feel like we're all gonna kind of have an understanding and appreciation and yeah it's so good to kind of because so many times at boys behind bars it is circumstantial and it's so you know it's inevitable sometimes and difficult but hopefully yeah. we can all kind of have a different view on it and actually yeah start to kind of give these guys you know the respect that they can deserve yeah yeah yeah
1: interesting that it kind of sparked conversation because there obviously if you're living in prison you're at a risk and you're in such a small space you know smaller than a care home smaller than any school anything
2: Mm.
1: um and it was interesting that they were discussing you know releasing low risk offenders, and whether um they need to be in as long that for as long as they were kind of in for kind of kind of really looking at at that system and can you make it better
2: yeah totally like we're yeah i think they're also releasing all the pregnant prisoners as well and yeah. you just I, for me those you know you just you just totally forget about that don't you you kind of forget that i mean it's tough enough being pregnant let alone being a pregnant in prison like oh, anything worse. um so yeah I, it, it's so good but also yeah we're kind of looking at hopefully i mean we we had kind of some quite fun plans for the end of this year which are going to be put on hold or pushed back but you know to kind of start some form of training academy basically within social pantry but I think it's it's so important that if they are in prison that they're being rehabilitated with skills or you know that time has to be used wisely and I think you know upskilling them when, when behind bars it, it is what we need to try to do there's just no point than just being in prison um and it, you know it's often it's yeah yeah I mean good, yeah I think they can probably come out with more problems than they go in with um if they've gone in for the first time with a very minor crime but um I'm not totally well versed. it. but yeah I think you know them coming out and being offered jobs straight away or being offered a kind of apprenticeship instead of going to prison or there must you know there's ways that we can kind of prevent them going to prison and then just sitting behind bars for however long potentially becoming a drug user behind there not learning anything and then coming out and not being able to rehabilitate Mm. it's just such a I mean that's just such a waste it would be so much better avoid them going to prison getting them into apprenticeship on a tag system and kind of actually upskilling them you know or improving the education behind bars which is really challenging but definitely doable we're working with um bad boys bakery at the moment as well on a kind of the bakery within brixton prison to kind of seeing how we can collaborate in long term, so you you guys must come in once we once we're corona free come into the prison and come and come and bake with them for for a day um when i was last in there they baked a nesquit cake so don't 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 the aren't too high um <laughs> but come in and kind of chat to them and yes see what they've learned but it is it does make a difference yeah, working in the tough. prison but yeah but hopefully we can kind of um, yeah we can shine a positive light on ex-offenders I'm sure
1: yeah well, you're definitely already doing that hugely through oh your businesses
2: Yeah, well, I'm hoping after all of this, I can keep them all on board and we can kind of, you know, move forward with with them all. But it's just so difficult. It's definitely, there are definitely some like tough decisions ahead. And um, yeah, I hope everything can just go back to normal as quickly as possible. Um, And once a vaccine's sorted, then things will, will, I'm sure, kind of pop back. But I think in the meantime, we've all just got to kind of look out for each other um, and kind of keep everything, you know, trying to, yeah, I suppose, yeah, try and keep everything going.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah exactly as you say it's it's so day by day week by week at the moment yeah it'll it'll yeah just that's the thing just see see what comes up see what happens and then keep
2: adjusting really yeah exactly and I think if yeah if anything if all the deliveries are anything to go by like these these companies and restaurants are so reactive they'll be able to you know there will be a there will there will some will won't make it that's for sure and it's so difficult and you know I'm sure investors won't be investing in restaurants anytime soon and you know people who want to de-risk their restaurants but we might see like a rise of the supper club where you know, potential where chefs don't want big rent rates and they don't want that headache, but they want to do supper clubs and have residencies. And, you know, I think we will see, you know, maybe it's kicking in people's homes, maybe people are kicking home more, maybe it's delivery boxes that we'll see more of, but there definitely will be a change in how, how everything, you know, how everything kind of moves forward. So it'll be interesting to see it, but hopefully people can diversify. And if they can, then they'll be able to hit some revenue streams for sure, which is important. Good, oh Fab! Oh, thank you so much for having me. That's really kind. yeah, thank you for sharing
1: um, yeah your insights and we are looking forward to coming back
2: yeah, definitely, Fab, and keep in touch, won't you bye bye-bye. bye bye bye.